Listening to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast where we share the knowledge of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science to help you learn and embody ancient wisdom in a practical way to optimize your health, deepen your spiritual practice, and step into your peak potential. I'm your host, Mel Singh. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, what I really want to get clear for you is what the doshas are, really help you understand what the concept of the the doshas are and why it's so important to understand them, not only for like our energy and our, you know, anxiety and to reduce our stress, but also to help us just live optimally. Because what's really cool about Ayurveda, and this is why I just love, why I love yoga and Ayurveda is it's like... Thousands of years ago, 5,000 years ago, Ayurveda had this beautiful language to help us really live in alignment like with who we were. And, and so much of this stuff is coming out in modern science, which is super, super cool. And a lot of it has to do and is rooted in the language of the, of the doshas. Um, however, the concept of the doshas is unique to Ayurveda. There isn't a direct sort of like correlation to anything in Western science. And so my belief is that when we can mix the wisdom of Ayurveda with you know what we're learning and we're discovering in modern science for example like nutritionally like when we mix those two things together i have personally seen the most powerful transformations in my students in myself um it's just super super powerful but we need to understand this language before we can sort of really get into that a little bit more and the thing that's also really cool is it's very intuitive like when we understand the language of the doshas and we understand all of that it actually makes creating these shifts and these changes really intuitive and really really simple so i want to go into that today like i said if you have any questions, please do let me know. You can write it in the comments and I will be responding a little bit later. So many of you, if you're brand new here and you don't know about Ayurveda, you may have heard about the doshas. Maybe you have an idea in your mind of like what the doshas are, but maybe you don't exactly know. And maybe you don't need, maybe you don't know why this is something that is so important to understand. So I think that before we get into this conversation of like why it's so important, we want to understand what is a dosha. Okay, and I think that there's a lot of, you know, confusion around this because the word dosha, as with like many Sanskrit words, it doesn't, there's not like an exact English translation to dosha, (laughs) right? And sometimes it's translated to biological humor, or sometimes it's translated to that which spoils things or that which darkens things. Or, you know, sometimes it's said to be like our mind body constitution. And it's kind of all of those things <laughs> wrapped up into this one word and, and into this one concept. It's very helpful to think of the doshas as a concept. And I even like to think of them as these forces, right? Like these bioenergetic forces that are within us that pervade our physical body, that pervade our mind, and they really contribute to our unique physical and mental nature. And they're also really helpful in helping us understand our disease tendencies. And this is, like I said, something that's very unique to Ayurveda, right? It's it's not something where there's an exact translation and like, you know, way of looking at this from like a Western medical perspective. This is something really unique to Ayurveda. And the way that I like to describe this to people is it like it helps us to understand the ingredients that we're made up of. Okay. And so breaking it down even further, 
you may have heard that there are three doshas. So we've got vata dosha, and I'm gonna go into these in a little bit more, and I'm actually probably gonna do like a separate episode breaking down each of the doshas a little bit more. I've done this before, but I, I find it helpful to hear it again, and like as my own experience and you know my own teaching deepens, I find like there's just new nuggets of wisdom. Like even for me, whenever I do like, I do different Ayurveda courses and continue to deepen my learning. And even in like, I, for example, did a foundations Ayurveda course um, a couple of months ago, and I still took nuggets from, you know, these different teachers. So anyways, there's always something new to learn. And so you've probably heard of the three doshas. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. I'll go over them. But like I said, I'm going to do like a separate episode that goes more specifically into each of them, really breaking them down. Um, but we have vata dosha, we have pitta dosha, and we have kapha dosha. Okay, so these are the three main doshas, and we can be a combination of these two. So it's not like we're just like one thing. We're not like just a vata. We're not like just a pitta. We're not just a kapha. We're all of those things, okay? And to me, what these represent are like the dominant energies and elements that make us up, okay? So we can think of the doshas as the dominant bioenergetic forces that make up our body, that make up our mind, that make up our disease tendency. And when we look at this, like I like to use the analogy, <laughs> if you've been to the Chaos to Calm Masterclass and you will know <laughs> that I like to use the analogy of like, imagine that we are like a cake, okay? Or a baked good. So we're all made up of, if you think of like a cookie and a cake, they're actually kind of made up of the same ingredients, right? There's flour, there's some oil, there's, you know, I don't know if you eat eggs or not, maybe there's a flax egg, there's some baking soda, there's maybe a little bit of water, like milk or something, right? They're kind of all made up of the same things. But the difference is, and where we get two very distinct things is in a cake, you would use more liquid. And in a cookie, you would use less liquid. So when we have a cookie, we get something that's a little bit more dry, a little bit more dense, whereas in a cake, we get something that's a little bit more fluffy, okay? And so this is how I like to think of us, right? Like we are baked goods. And when we understand the forces and the elements that make us up, we, we get a clearer idea of exactly like what are we made of, right? What are the energies and the elements that we're made up of? And based on that, we can identify what are the rituals? What are the routines? What are the practices? What are the foods? I can't remember if I said foods or not. What are the things that we need to do to eat ways of being that we need to implement in order to create balance? And this is really important because Ayurveda rests on this very fundamental concept. And this is where I'm like, okay, if people get Ayurveda, like if you understand the fundamental concept of the doshas, the fundamental concept of this, what I call a secret sauce of Ayurveda, when you understand this, you can start to create balance really, really quickly and easily. Okay. And so the secret sauce, you know, keeping in mind the elements, uh, I'll talk about the elements in a second. And the doshas is this idea of like attracts like and opposites balance. So if we know and we understand, and let me even take it back a step, it's like Ayurveda also says, we are always trying to balance what's going on in our body with what's happening outside of ourselves. Okay, so if we can attune ourselves to what are the energies that are present within me, what are the main bioenergetic forces that are present within me, we can break it down even further. I like to look at it in terms of like the elements because I think that the elements are a little bit more like tangible. Um, so I'll go in there in a second, but if we can identify what those forces are within us, and then we can identify, well, what are the forces outside me looking like? We understand what we need to do, what foods we need to eat, what practices would be helpful in order to create that balance. And it's really intuitive, okay? Because the other thing is like, there is no one size fits all 
I mean, ever, but Ayurveda is very clear. There is no one size fits all. The way a Vata person needs to care for themselves is different than the way a Kapha person needs to care for themselves. And we'll talk about that in a second. So I do want to do, like I said, a separate episode, kind of diving deeper into the three doshas. And maybe we'll even do like, I don't know, like a live challenge or something that could be really fun. But um, I want to give each of the doshas the, the time and the care that it needs. And I don't want to make this like a crazy long episode. So um, I'm just going to roughly give you like the high level overview of the doshas, what they are and, and, and what they represent and the elements that they're attributed to. So you can start to understand. And if you don't know what your dosha is, we do have a dosha quiz. I will link that somewhere here um, so that you can take it. But you may also see for yourself, you may also hear like in what I'm sharing, like, oh, that's totally me. Um, and that's another, as I'm sharing, like all these like pew, pew, pew little ideas are coming into my brain as well, but of like different episodes to talk about. So I'm going to rein it in here and I'm going to focus on these things so as not to overwhelm people. So like I said, we've got three doshas, vata, pitta, and kappa. Okay. And they are associated with their own, you know, two primary elements. Okay. So the five elements are ether or space, um, air, fire, water, and earth. Okay, so Ayurveda says that we are composed of all of these five elements and each of the doshas is associated with two, you know, main elements. So Vata dosha is the dosha associated with wind and space. And so we like to think of this as the force of movement in the body, right? Think about wind and space. Wind moves things, right? Then we have Pitta dosha. Pitta is associated with fire and water. And we can think of this as the force of transformation in the body and mind. So, you know, oftentimes it's associated with digestion, but it's not just about digesting food. It's about digesting, you know, you're sitting here listening to this and you're taking in what I'm saying and you're making it mean something. You're digesting it into wisdom. That's the force of transformation of Pitta dosha. And then we have Kapha dosha, which is associated with the earth and water elements. And this is the force of stability within the body and mind, right? So it gives us that structure. It gives us that, um, that grounding energy. And so first and foremost, I think it's really important to understand. And one of the biggest things that I think people don't necessarily understand is you're not just one. Okay. (laughs) You can tell right now, even if you're mostly Vata, you're not all Vata, because if you were all Vata, you would just be like a cloud. Actually, you wouldn't even be a cloud because the clouds have water in them. Okay. You would just be the wind. (laughs) You wouldn't be a human being, right? You need that kapha energy is like, you know, the, the, the sturdy bones, the muscles in the body that, that the, the things that give us structure in our physiology, structure in our mind, stability in our body and mind. Those are the kapha parts of you. There are, you have the force of transformation in your body. If you didn't, you wouldn't be alive because we need to transform food into us, right? We need to digest things to live, right? So that is the, and you know, this power of perception, you wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't have that power of perception. So you need that, but we also need that vata force of movement in the body and mind to help us, you know, move from day to day and and, and do the tasks that we have within our day. So we are a combination of all of these, but many of us will tend to have one to two doshas that predominate. Okay. So if you've done a, a dosha quiz and you're like, not sure, or if you haven't go and take the dosha quiz and just notice if there are one or two that really stand out above all else, what you will notice is you probably won't have one section with absolutely nothing. Like you will be a combination of the, of the three, but there will be one to two. Potentially you might be an even, you know, uh, an even, an even keel. That's not the right word. <laughs> an even mix. That's the right word. An even mix of the three, which is what is known as tridoshic, which is quite rare. So if you are, that is excellent. But um, we tend to have one to two that, that dominate. 
And it's important to understand too, this is what I always tell people, it's not like that's like bad or wrong, right? It's not like you're better if you're all three or you're better if you're more vata or you're better if you're more kapha. It doesn't mean anything. It's just to create this awareness of what are the elements and energies that make me me, that make me up. And being and in being aware of that, we can be responsible for that. We can be responsible that like, okay, I'm a more vata type person. Okay, cool. I've got more air. So what does that mean, right? I've got more air and wind in me. I've got more space in me. And one of the things that I love to do when I talk about the about the doshas is I like to look at them in like their empowered state and their disempowered state, okay? So vata, for example, in an empowered state, the force of movement in the body. Wow. Oh, like, and I always like to use the analogy. So whenever, whenever you're thinking about the doshas, I always like to think about it as like really visualize those elements. Like what does space and wind look like when it's like empowered and grounded? It's this beautiful breeze. It's this like calm, almost soft, like think, think in your mind and answer for yourself. If you're like listening to this in the podcast or you're listening to this on the replay, feel free to share in the comments. Like, yeah, what does wind look like when it's empowered? It's soft and it's like flowing, right? It, it, it pivots, it moves things gently. It's really beautiful. It's also this creative force, right? So vatas, when they're in that empowered state, they're very creative. And if you've been to the Chaos to Calm Masterclass, then you know that when vata is disempowered, what does the wind look like when it's, when it's out of control? It's like a tornado. It's like this crazy windstorm. It's like blowing things down. It's, it's intense. It's powerful. It's movement. It's blowing things down. It's like destroying things, right? And so that same wind that you possess a lot of in your body and mind can be this powerful force of movement that can move you when it's, you know, when it's, um, when it's contained in a container and it has this like grounding force and energy, it can be used and it can be guided and directed. In fact, vata in a positive sense is what we call prana. It's the life force. It's that moving force. It It can be guided and directed in a powerful way to help you reach your goals, to help you create that thing that you've wanted, to help really push you and inspire you. But it needs to be grounded and contained because if it's not, it's going to be like this crazy tornado, right? And this is where we need that force of kapha dosha, that structure, that stability to hold the vata wind, right? We need that, that pitta fire to sort of light the way for the wind, right? And so these forces all work together. And, and like I said, I'll go into a different episode kind of looking at the different um, doshas in more detail, but you can do the same for fire and for earth. Like think to yourself, what do these energies and elements look like when they're in an empowered state versus when they're in an a disempowered state, right? And this gives us, you know, such insight. Like awareness really truly is the first step that we need to take, the first thing that we need to do to move in the direction of transformation. Because we can't make any changes or shifts in our life if we're not aware. If we're not aware of what are these energies and elements that are making us up, right? And for me, it's been really helpful to understand this language because it helps me feel like, okay, I'm not crazy, you know? Like I am someone who has, um, this is something I'll go into this and actually, you know what, I'm going to go into it right now. So we may be born, I'm going to introduce you to this concept of prakriti and vrikriti. And you might be like, pra what? What are you talking about, Mel? What's this prakriti thing you're talking about? So in Ayurveda, there's this concept that you are born with a particular 
um, with particular ingredients, with particular amounts of ingredients. Maybe you were born as a cookie. Maybe you were born as a cake. So you have a prakriti, a natural born constitution. This is the doshic constitution that you were born with. And this doesn't really change. There are some very severe examples of where things can change. If you get a really, you know, very debilitating disease that might really take the life force out of you and might move you into a more vata state. But for the most part, our prakriti or our nature stays the same. And so this is the dosha that you're born with. But as I said before, we're always balancing the energy within with the energy outside of ourselves. And so what happens when the forces, when the, the you know, energies, elements, and you know, things outside of ourselves maybe are too much, or we don't understand how to balance with those things, in those cases, this can lead us to a state of imbalance. So for example, okay, I'm a Pitta Kapha Prakriti. So I have a fiery, earthy constitution. That's my natural born constitution. But if you've been following me for some time, you're probably like, Mel, I thought you'd be pretty Vata. Like you seem pretty, you know, <laughs> you seem pretty like, you know, if you hear me talk, I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, I've got this like squirrel brain, right? This like monkey mind at times, like this creative flow. So I do obviously have a base level of Vata, you know, energy within me. But when I was, oh my God, how old was I? 21, you know, whenever I played rugby, <laughs> concussion problems can't fully remember the age but you know say 10 years ago i sustained multiple concussions that external force that external energy impacted me and my constitution and threw me into a more vata space and so now and this is where this is like another hot tip if you're doing a dosha quiz is like maybe fill one out for what feels true for you right now and then fill one out for you with what feels true for you like generally, right? This is a good way of getting clear for ourselves on what is our natural constitution, but where am I right now? Because one of the things I see with people all the time, it's like actually beautiful to see inside embodied Ayurveda is people will come to me, right? We do our initial intake session and they're like, I think I'm this dosha. And as I examine their charts and their, you know, and everything, I'm like, you know, and, and we start to, to get talking, we actually start to see that when they grew up, they were more of something else. They were maybe more pitta and more driven and fiery, but something happened along the way and this more kapha energy sort of took over. This heavier, more grounding energy took over, right? To compensate because the body is always is very highly intelligent and this, this like attracts like and opposites balance energy comes into play and the body is always trying to create balance. So consider that if something extreme happens, Right. Like, for example, uh, if you have like a concussion, right, there was a time when I felt really heavy and really tired. Why? Because there was an extreme vata. Things were going all over the place. The body was like opposites balance. All right, let's rein it in. I gained a lot of weight. I started to feel really tired. I started to feel really introverted. I didn't want to be out there. I didn't want to be out there and in that energy. OK, so it's it can feel really complex. So if this is feeling like it's a lot, take a deep breath. I know um, this is why I created Embodied Ayurveda to debunk some of this stuff. So if this piques your interest, I can I can share the link for that as well. Um, but just know that you know we are not these static, stagnant beings. We are very much dynamic. We are very much these beings that are interacting with the world around us, with the environment around us. And the language of Ayurveda to me is absolute magic because it gives us this very simple. And maybe as I'm sharing, you're like, oh my God, this makes sense. And it does. And this is the thing that I hear from people so often is they're like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. I'm like, yes, it does. It's so, 
it's so, so, so intuitive. Like when we understand these energies and we get this language, initially it might feel like, oh, this is, there's like a learning curve, but in the end, it's this very, very intuitive um, language that we have, right? And so where the, like to sort of rein this back in, where this can become really, really important and really, really helpful is in understanding the foods, you know, the, the, the nutrition, the practices, the routines, and like the ways of living and setting up our life that are going to have us feel more in alignment, that are going to have us having more energy, that are really going to help us show up more optimally for ourselves. Okay. Because if you can, you know, based on what I've shared, if we look at say a kapha person and a vata person who are kind of, you know, opposite, right? Kaffas being more sturdy, stable, grounded, vatas being more like the force of movement and creative, you can maybe already intuitively see that these two people may not want to approach life and routine and ritual in the exact same way, right? And so we might be able to see that there are, again, you know, when I talk about this idea that we are always interacting with the world around us, consider that everything we eat is us interacting with the world around us. Okay, and so if we understand that the energies that are going to aggravate vata dosha, that are going to throw vata into a disempowered state, we can start to very intentionally, very consciously, you know, surround ourselves with and eat foods and do practices and rituals that are going to create balance inside of that vata state. Okay, so if you think just, uh, you know, off the top of my head, we think wind and space. Okay, so vata, I'll do a deeper dive on, on vata later, but if we understand vata as wind and space, what are the qualities of wind and space? It's really light. It's really moving. Um, vata is also really dry, right? If you think of like, what, what does wind do to anything? It makes it really dry. It makes it really brittle. Okay. So if we start to eat foods that have those qualities, right? You know, like uh, one of the number one things that people think is like salad is healthy and I, it's not unhealthy. That's not true. That's not untrue. It is healthy. It is a vegetable. It's good for you. Tons of vitamins, tons of minerals, tons of nutrients. Yep. Salad's really good for you. But how do you think that that light cold vata is also very cold how do you think that those energies would, you know, would interact with a vata person, right? Those energies are not the most appropriate thing for a vata to eat or anyone whose digestion is, is all over the place, right? Even though we've been sort of conditioned to think salad equals healthy, salad equals healthy, Ayurveda says, no, 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 yes. And we need to be really mindful of those elements, right? And, and the qualities that we're, that we're inviting into the foods that we're eating and, and all of that. So that's a very like kind of simple, basic example, but we can do this for all of the doshas to understand. And this is where science becomes so cool is because I think, and you know, inside of EA, for example, embodied Ayurveda, whenever I walk people through, you know, a nutrition protocol, I do marry the two. I think there's a huge value in honoring what science is teaching us about nutrition, but adding in this Ayurvedic piece, right? Of understanding how to modify that in in a way that's really unique to the deeper energies of us because we're not just a body and we're not just a mind, right? We're, we're the intersection of all of those things, right? Health and wellness is so multidimensional. So I think that's really, really important. And so bringing it back to what I was saying, I feel like I get excited and I just like, woo, go on my tangents. But I hope this is all making sense for you. So please, you know, if you're listening to this in a podcast and you're like, oh my God, yes, this is making sense. Let me know if it's like not making sense and you're confused and you want clarity, also send me a message, let me know. Um, and I'm happy to, to clarify anything, you know, do another episode if that would be helpful. But to sort of bring it back to that, it's like exactly, we, we can see that there are certain practices and rituals and ways of living that are more supportive for a kapha that wouldn't be more supportive for a vata. So for example, um, <laughs> there's this saying in Ayurveda and it's not necessarily like the nicest saying, but, but I'm gonna say it anyways. The saying is that we wanna treat vata like a flower, right? We wanna be really gentle and delicate with that flower 
Pitta like a friend. We want to be like, you know, calm and cool and cheery with our friend Pitta and Kapha like our enemy. And I find that's like not like the nicest way to say like treat Kapha like your enemy. But what they're trying to say is that, you know, in Kapha being, for example, that force of stability, right? When stability is disempowered, it's actually stuck and it, and it doesn't want to move anywhere, right? And so Kapha needs needs to get moving. Kapha needs to push through a little bit of discomfort. Whereas for example, Vatas who are more prone to movement, they actually need to slow down a little bit, right? <laughs> and I think this is so, you know, um, I was going to say poignant, but I don't know if that's the right word. I think this is just so helpful to understand in our society where, you know, I certainly see on say Instagram and social media, there's all, you know, different people who are, you know, pushing like this hustle culture, right? They're like, you got to work hard and like hustle, hustle, hustle to, you know, make it right. And then there are people who are like, no, just like chill out and fully honor your body. Like don't work too hard. And what's interesting about that from an Ayurvedic lens is that they're actually both kind of true, but it just depends on, well, where are we at and what do we need? When we're in a vata aggravated space or we're in like a hella nervous system dysregulated state and we're in like a space of burnout, yeah, you actually do need to scale back and be in the being more. But when you're in a stuck kapha place, you actually do want to get up and hustle and break through that stuckness so we can get into a place that's a little bit more balanced. So I think that's all I had to share today in terms of the doshas. I hope that that was really helpful for you to understand, to really just like go a little bit deeper into what the doshas are. I know that when we're learning this stuff, it can feel like confusing. It might feel overwhelming. That is literally what I'm here for. So please let me know if you're listening to the you know podcast, just send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Yogi Fuel. If you're listening to this in the Facebook group, you can just pop a comment in here or send me a PM on the Facebook and I'm happy to respond. Um, and I guess just to like, maybe, maybe just to summarize what we chatted about today as I have notes, because yes, Vata brain, I have notes. So in summary, the doshas are bioenergetic forces that pervade our physical body. They contribute to our unique physical and mental nature and our disease tendency. And this is a language that is unique to Ayurveda and essentially helps us to understand the ingredients that we're made up of. So, you know, whether we're a cake or a cookie or I don't know what the middle, or like a pudding. Yeah, cake or kidding. Well, I don't know if puddings have flour in them, but you know what I mean? They help us to understand the ingredients that we are made up of. Um, and the word dosha, as with all Sanskrit words, it does not directly translate into a single English word. And generally speaking, we can think of it as that which spoils things, that which darkens things, and really refers to that bioenergetic, you know, uh, mind-body constitution that we are. And the three doshas are vata, which is wind and space, or the force of movement in the body. We have pitta, which is fire and water, or the force of transformation in the body. And then we have kapha, which is earth and water, and the force of stability in the body. So that is all I have for you today. I really do hope that this was helpful for you. I really hope that this broke down the doshas in a way that was easy for you to digest. A little Ayurveda joke there. <laughs> um, but I really do hope that this was helpful. If you've got questions and you need some clarification on some things, please do shoot me a message over on Instagram at yogifuel. You can also email me, melissa at yogifuel.com. And if you are feeling like you want to go deeper into this, 
I would absolutely recommend that you check out Embodied Ayurveda. This is our signature program that I've literally put my heart and soul into to really help you understand, like to bring the teaching of Ayurveda alive, to really help you to not just like learn Ayurveda, but actually embody it in your life so that you can take, you know, this wisdom and actually allow it to help you transform, right? Rather than just like taking a course and like learning more information, I really want to help you like embody and implement it in your life and to make it even more accessible to people. I've now created the option where you can go through it as a self-study, like a self-guided course. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes here to the EA program page so you can take a look and see if it feels like it's a good fit for you. There is an option where you can literally like enroll and get started right away with the self-study program. And if you were looking for more guidance and mentorship around this, you can absolutely apply to, you know, come into our group experience, which is by the way, an ongoing enrollment. So you can enroll at any time, but we do have an application just because I love to keep the, you know, integrity of the container. So have a look at that program page. Um, if you have any questions on whether or not you feel like you're unsure between the self-study or, you know, the more, the, the mentorship route do again, send me a message. Let me know. Happy to chat about it. And when you do apply for that mentorship, you have the option to book in for a call with me again, to just chat a little bit more as well. So you don't have to, but you totally can. I hope you love this episode and I will see you in the next one. Bye.